Not too long ago, software was just for your computer. All the other electronics in your house did not have software. Software was for computers, and that was that. But software is awesome. It enables gadgets to do all sorts of amazing things. So of course, it started to spread into other devices. Your DVD player, your car, your music player, your phone, your TV, your thermostat. And now it's making its way into ordinary household appliances like fridges, stoves, and washer dryers. Software is becoming so pervasive, you can now even find it in your home's most mundane appliance, the toaster. Earlier this year, Griffin Technology unveiled a smart toaster, complete with a mobile app that lets you geek out your toasting to your heart's content. So hey, what's the problem? Why not have cool features on your thermostat or your stove or, sure, your toaster? The problem is you don't own the software on your gadget. You own the gadget itself, the physical object, but you don't own the software that runs it. You license the software. And using that software is subject to the terms set by the company producing it, and it is subject to copyright law. So if you want to fix your gadget or tweak it to make it work better for you, you might be violating that license agreement or the law. It used to be that you could buy a car and if you were a good mechanic, you could keep it running for 20 years by doing your own repairs. That is no longer the case. Cars now contain so much software, many repairs require heading to the dealership to get them done. You also used to be able to modify your car to improve it or customize it. Again, software now severely limits our ability to do these things. Thankfully, some in Congress are attempting to modernize copyright law to address these issues through bills like the Yoda Act, which is short for You Own Devices Act. Here to discuss this and other copyright debates taking place on Capitol Hill is Texas Congressman Blake Farenthold. He's serving his fourth term in the U.S. House of Representatives, where he serves on the House Judiciary Committee, which has oversight over copyright issues. Congressman, welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Congressman, what do you think Congress's top priority should be when it comes to copyright? Regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you want whatever the government is doing to operate in an efficient and cost-effective manner. So copyright office modernization in IT is big. But I do think we need to sit back and look at some of the more substantive issues with respect to copyright. For instance, I've got the Yoda Act, which is your own devices, which would make some changes to copyright law, where when you buy a physical device that has software that makes it operate, you still have the right to transfer that. So right now, for instance, if I uh, were to buy a car, there's a lot of software in that car. If the auto manufacturers so choose, they could sell me the physical car, but only license me the software that runs the car. So if I were to go sell the used car, the new purchaser uh, could potentially be forced to uh, relicense the software from the manufacturer. Not happening in the auto industry, but it is actually happening on some uh, computer hardware. We're seeing, in the case of John Deere tractors, some uh, restrictions on how the maintenance can be done on it uh, because of the software licensing issues. So uh, the Your Own Devices Act, which is one I'm behind, uh, has something uh, to say about that. Mm -hmm. The other substantive issue is uh, the ongoing battle uh, between who pays what for music royalties uh, to composers and performers. It's a, actually a pretty complicated system where if, for instance, uh, a, something is played on satellite radio or something like Pandora or is paid over terrestrial radio, 
the rules are all different. The argument goes back to back in the days when radio was the only way you got to exposed to new music. It was like the artists would want their songs to be played on radio, so they'd uh, you know, go out and promote it. But now, with so many new ways to get your music, the artists are saying, hey, we get paid for performance royalties from all these other areas, but not radio. And I'm a radio guy. I still think there's some uh, value to that. But that's one of the issues floating around. So I think a, a comprehensive look at music licensing is important. Uh, again, the technology to where you can find out who owns what for licensing solves some of those problems as well. Mm-hmm. I do think that people need to uh, understand that there's a difference between a spin on Pandora and a spin on a terrestrial uh, radio station. The songwriters and the performers say, oh, you know, this got a million spins on Pandora uh, and only got one spin on the radio. Well, one spin on the radio could be tens or hundreds of thousands of listeners, while traditionally somebody listening on Spotify or Pandora is maybe one or two people listening to. So the dollar value uh, per play, uh, you know, it's, it's not a good comparison. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes some of the advocates blur that distinction between what a spin is on terrestrial radio versus a spin on a uh, streamed radio station versus a spin on satellite radio versus an on-demand play from something like Pandora, Spotify, or uh, you know, Amazon Prime Music. So we recently marked the five-year anniversary of the uh, SOPA and PIPA acts that uh, went down in flames. What do you think we learned from that debate, and can any of that be applied to threats to the internet today? All right, so from SOPA and PIPA, uh, we learned the internet is a powerful grassroots advocacy tool, and it's being used in a, a wide variety of issues. Probably nothing is a, as effective uh, as it was, but you know, you've got to think about the applications and abuses of what we do with uh, intellectual property law. Do you think statutory damages should be reformed? In a digital age where things are so easily copied, you've got to take a look at how things happen in the real world. Uh, the statutory damages were set up in the day where people were actually you know, physically bootlegging uh, material and uh, selling them on the streets. Uh, and now with the way things happen on the internet, mm-hmm. it, it certainly deserves some thought. But our content creators also need uh, protection. Are they, are they damaged more or less uh, as a result of somebody making a digital copy and emailing it uh, to a friend than they are by some uh, backroom bootlegging operation, you know, running off uh, mm-hmm. hundreds of uh, bootleg Betamax tapes. All right, Congressman, thank you so much for your time. We, we really appreciate you taking a, a little time out of your day to, to chat with us. My pleasure. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time with a brand new episode of Copy This.